right, riddle me this, Kev. What's one of the first upgrades you should do to your vehicle? What is it? What do you go for? Well, you might think power, but ultimately, from a smart and safe perspective, definitely the brakes. Yeah, no doubt. Upgraded braking systems can really transform a vehicle's performance and honestly give you better peace of mind behind the wheel in any situation. You know, from the track to off-road trails, even the morning commute, every single vehicle deserves performance brakes at an affordable price. And no matter what your vehicle or driving style, PowerStop has complete brake upgrade kits for you. So head to PowerStop.com, fill in your vehicle's information into their easy-to-use brake finder to be matched with complete kits and components that are low-dust, noise-free, and feature upgraded stopping power. That's right. You could join the thousands of other drivers that have already transformed their vehicle into a stopping powerhouse today with PowerStop. PowerStop.com, brake upgrades made easy. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It is the Two Guys Garage Podcast. He is Kevin Bird. I am Willie P. We are fired up, man. We have our boy Terry Fair back on with us today, man. We're talking, well, we're talking some old school ABS stuff. What do you know about ABS, man? Kev, I, I got to tell you, ABS is, it, it's such a, it's such a, I hate to admit it, but God, it's such an asset if you're out on the track, if you're banging corners, uh, in autocross, or just driving, you know, every day. It improves the braking distance just unbelievably um it, it's just one of those things you gotta have you got it's if you have any kind of competition any kind of car any kind of you know uh event you're going to where you you're doing like a time attack or an autocross it's key man it's just absolutely a necessity yeah and it's one i think you know maybe a lot of us purists that just want the the, the cleanest you know the the, the minimalist of, of interaction with your vehicle or, or the vehicle doing anything you don't want it to do uh, you know, years ago, maybe it was a little bit tougher to swallow. Like, I don't need that. You know, I'm faster than, than some computer. No, you're not. <laughs> no, yeah. you're not. I mean, because what ABS does is it not only improves your braking, uh, but because, you know, there's a, a massive difference between the grip you have in static friction versus uh, kinetic friction. So static means, right, two objects are just sitting there. And you, if you pushed sideways on an object, you're going to be able to push so hard before it slips and starts to slide. Uh, but if you're already sliding, the, the, the force required to keep sliding is so much lower. So what happens is your tire is rolling and you think, oh man, it's, it's kinetic, it's moving. But no, that contact patch is just rolling and it's static on that location of, of the ground. And when you start to, uh, you know, lock up, then your tire locks you know, from spinning and you're sliding and you're back to that kinetic friction. So boom, not only can you, you know, not brake as well. So your braking performance goes down, but now you can't turn. So if your front wheels are locked up, right, you're just going to slide forward. You can turn your wheels any which way you want. And you'll just keep going. Uh, and I, man, I remember the first time, you know, years ago I was doing, um, driver training, you know, I work for Ford. So in driver training, you can get on the track and do various tests and whatnot. And, uh, you know, you go through various exercises where, you know, uh, and you did it recently, um, you know, at the driving school we went to out in, in Arizona. 
you know, you, you go straight through and, and in our case, you're, you're told to lock the brakes up. Then you get a red light, green light to go left or right at the last possible second. So you're already locking the brakes up. And then all of a sudden you got to change lanes and stay within cones and steer the car. And all of a sudden that's when you kind of, boy, the light clicks on and you're like, wow, I can steer even though I got this weird, you know, going on in my pedal. Uh, I've got steering control, which you would normally never have. So it's it's a double positive, uh, especially when you're, you know, you've exceeded your limits. Yeah, absolutely, man. Have, have you ever done that in the winter test? I always tell listeners, so for most of you know, I do a, I do a radio show. And whenever there's, you know, there's snow, I always tell people, do this exercise, find an empty parking lot, right? And hit your brakes, right? Cut your wheels and hit your brakes and see what the car does while it's sliding. Because most people, you know, they're, they're most afraid and they lock up the brakes and they just mat it, you know, when there's snow on the ground. And then pull off the, the brake, you know, the brake pedal and watch what happens when the wheels are allowed to turn and the ABS is allowed to turn. The tires can clean themselves out and, and you stop sliding. You actually turn the direction the wheels are, are pointed. So it, it really is an amazing um, sort of exercise, whether it's uh, on a track or a pavement or a parking lot, to go try that and, and see the difference because it, it's, it's unbelievable the, the amount of, of time, distance uh, in real estate you chew up when, you, when you're sliding. It's just uh, compared to when that tire is rotating, like you said, and you're pressing down, uh, it, is, it is so noticeable and makes such a difference in you know, just the, the performance of the car. But you know, safety, it makes such a big difference uh, on avoiding crashes or cases where you know, there would be, uh, you'd be stacking up uh, in somebody's rear, you know, rear bumper or the front of their car, side of the car, or anything like that. It's, it's a lifesaver, there's no doubt. Yeah, it's, it's safety, but for us performance guys, it's all about you know, speed, track times, lap times. You know, the fastest guy out there, you know, he's going to have the ABS system set up, dialed in and everything. Oh, 100%. Right? You know, versus the guy that's, especially for us guys that, you know, if you're doing race cars, you're doing older chassis or, you know, custom race car chassis, right? ABS is just not part of the thing. If you're doing a muscle car, you're, you're doing a, an engine swap on it, you're building up something cool like we like to do, and you go track days, man, you're at a huge deficit. So how do you get, you know, ABS that didn't come with a vehicle, uh, you know, kind of somehow instrumented in, in your ride. Uh, and there's been a lot of attempts over the years to, uh, you know, adapt, um, you know, factory systems, but you know, there's calibration involved. It's looking at, you know, I'm sure tire size, you know, I'm sure the original tire width, the tire compound, uh, what brake calipers and just everything in there, weight distribution. So you can't just go grab, uh, an ABS system, theoretically, off of a car and throw it onto another car, and there you go. It's just like taking an engine calibration, right? It's got the right fuel and the spark for a particular engine. You go take that calibration, and you throw it on another engine, and pff, you might blow the thing up. So there's a <laughs> lot of snags uh, in, you know, uh, how to do this. And, uh, you know, I, I've, I've looked into it a few times because, you know, I'm always wanting to build some cool ride. And, you know, you get various pieces of information on the internet or from friends that have had some success but man I've, I've talked to terry recently uh Vorslag like motorsports these guys are everything performance man uh you gotta check them out they are the king of of swaps so ls swaps and you name it and bmws mustangs uh they've got a whole lineup of you know the frs brz's uh suspension components but anyway chatting with him 
they've done a few different swaps uh, and even better than some of the OEs. They've, they've actually taken some of the OE ABS systems off and replaced it with other OE systems because they've got it to work better. So, man, this is going to be pretty awesome because uh, you can toy around with these types of systems and you can make something do something. But we're going to talk to one of the guys that is making it do as much as you probably can get out of a system without having all the engineers there with all their equipment tuning it and all this stuff so uh, i'm pretty excited man this is a this is a big topic man this is a game changer in in at least braking and steering performance at uh you know limit driving yeah man everybody everybody goes fast you win races in braking you know yeah. Yeah. You, you really yeah. do it's you know being able to get through a turn uh, as fast as possible it's uh it's something it's an asset you can't put a value on when it comes to uh you know hit the track so let's pick terry's brain find out more it is the two guys garage podcast taking a break when we come back terry my man bird and willie b on the two guys garage podcast it is the two guys garage podcast he is kevin bird i am willie b fired up we got terry fair Warschlag Motorsports. You guys go check this out. B-O-R-S-H-L-A-G, Warschlag Motorsports. Terry, ah, love to have you on, man. It's one of those things where it's a treat. Anytime we get to pick your brain, get some knowledge, find out what you're doing there. You're setting trends, bro. You're absolutely doing the things that we're curious about. Welcome to the podcast, man. Thanks for the time. It's good to be back, Willie. Hey, Kevin. Hey, man. Glad to have you on. Now, um, man, I've been following you for, for years. I mean, I came in remember when I started to follow you, you know, you're back in the blog days when, you know, there wasn't as much social media, you know, doing your swaps and really pushing the limits. Uh, you know, we've talked many times, you know, I've got my E30 M3 LS3 swap, uh, and you've done so many different variations of those cars, uh, E36s, etc. That's what I got. And I don't have ABS on it. <laughs> nah. <laughs> we can I, help I, couldn't, uh, I couldn't, yeah, I couldn't get it to work. So well, gonna, after I'm, this, buddy, after this, I think you might be lined up. That well, um, you know where the block is on the E36, right? It's right there where the exhaust came down, and where I need to put that. It, it, it's just one of those things I eliminated. I didn't want to, but yeah, man, I I, I need Terry. I need Terry's wisdom. That is for sure. <laughs> well, that was one of the things on mine. That the E30 M3, I was really cognizant of. You know, not messing up the good parts about that car, doing the swap into it. And uh, ABS is one of the things I really want to maintain uh, so I can carry over that functionality, at least as best I can with different tire sizes and all that stuff. But. Exactly. So, you know, Terry, when it comes to swaps, man, a ABS is a lot of people, I feel like, you know, like me, they're in the middle of a swap or they got something going on. They're like, okay, I got to figure that out a little bit down the road. Um, but man, you've really done a fantastic job and just fascinating job at making sure this is available and um it's adequate and it performs like it did from the factory or if not that better um so uh, as far as underrated systems go I, I feel like abs is something a lot of times people forego and they're like okay well i got this ls in there i'm just gonna leave that in there and and deal with the other stuff down the road but my god is there's nothing more critical your car, you know, performing well on track and ABS, man. Yeah. I mean, early on when we did our first uh, ABS swap, I did it in 2002, it was 20 years ago in my garage with a 92 uh, BMW uh, three series. And everyone, you know, just said, well, get rid of the ABS. It's in the way like you did. It's, it's, if you put the engine in the middle of the chassis, 
the ABS runs into the header because it was never made for a V engine. So I created this three-channel ABS relocation bracket 20 Send years ago. Send that to me right now. Send right? that to me right now. <laughs> And I've sold hundreds and hundreds of these. Sometimes this is the only thing people buy because it helps you relocate the factory uh, servo unit, the hydraulic uh, servo yeah. unit, away uh, from the headers. And we we make two versions for the E36. We made one for the right-hand drive E36 oil swap. And that was something that early on in the forum days with people like, oh, why do you bother? I'm just going to bypass the ABS. I'm like, no, 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 it's going to ruin the car. And, and luckily, hundreds of people listened to me in 2005, six, seven, when we started rolling this kit out. And again, we can't make these fast enough. We just updated these last year, and we actually put some numbers in them so you can see visually, oh, that's a three-channel, that's a four-channel. So I, I always tell people, keep the ABS in, in a BMW system, even as far back as Kevin's E30. That's a good system. It works. The early 90s ABS uh, was, was pretty good. I had an E30 with that. I had a 90. Uh, one 318 IS we raced with it and it was a big advantage we were racing against a Miata and a certain autocross class that didn't have any any like brakes and that was our really our only advantage we were five six hundred pounds heavier so we we're a little outgunned but when it came to braking it was you know even on track autocross it, it's something that since the mid 80s and early 90s most sports cars have come with and it's something I encourage people to always keep functional if at all possible if the OEM one's really bad we have some some other options to do that, uh, swapping other ones as well. What's tricky for most people is it's kind of a black box. You can't see in it. You can't touch anything. You can't adjust anything. And so, you know, it just, it's a weird thing. That's like, oh, that, I don't know what it's doing. So it's probably better that it doesn't do anything. And there it goes, <laughs> you know, but yeah. if you stay within a certain number of parameters and maybe you could help us out a little bit, cause you know, there's not really, I don't think there's much of an aftermarket for ABS yet, right? It's a complicated thing. There's probably a lot of risks involved, uh, selling systems. You know, there is the Bosch, uh, which I think is a, you know, technically a race only. That's very, very expensive. Yeah. But other Bosch than that, race. I think we're, we're cobbling things together in the sort of hot rodder style, right? And that's what we've done. Um, we've, of course, the Bosch Motorsports unit is great. Six, seven thousand dollars just for the hardware. You're going to spend fifteen grand, get it installed to a car, and have an engineer come in program it. That hurts. That's painful. Uh, and getting it custom tuned, and people put a lot of energy into that. And we'll we'll budget fifteen, even sometimes even twenty thousand, just to have a better ABS system than the OEMs do. But the reality is, a lot of the systems out there on cars are Bosch, and they're pretty good. Uh, one of them that we use a lot is from the mid 2000s BMW N3, the E46 chassis, and it's called the Mark 60 ABS. And any of the E46 ABS systems are great, but there's good aftermarket support. There's a couple of guys making harnesses for those to swap those. And you can literally junkyard. There's two pressure sensors, the ABS brick itself. Uh, the wheel speed sensors can work with most GM cars. I can talk about that separately. And uh, there's a yaw sensor. And if you put that in the right spot, and you orient it the right way, it's got accelerometers in there to know when you're braking, when you're turning. Um, and it's really pretty straightforward to use the Mark 60. So that's a popular one we do. We've also swapped the late uh, 2011 to 14 Mustang, the S197 chassis. That ABS system got really, really good. And I raced a, a car, a big wide body Mustang with Aero and Optima. And, and we won a lot of stuff in that car because the ABS was so good. And Ford Racing even had an aftermarket module that made it work without any can interface. Uh, and so we swapped that into other Ford cars. But the Mark 60 is a super common swap. The documentation is not great, and, and we've just done our fourth one on our narrow body uh, C6 and 06 Corvette. 
Uh, and we're trying to put all that information together. We found on the old forum posts and then some we've done ourselves. We've done like eight ABS tests. Uh, we had three different ABS systems on that C6. So I've spent the last year since, since I was on the podcast doing a lot of ABS testing quietly, haven't shared a lot of that information. Uh, today is the first time I'm really talking about a lot of it. Wow. You know, what really struck me is when you said you're taking the ABS off of a C6 VET. Oh, I, I'm removing the stock ABS off the C6 Corvette because there's some problems with General Motors anti-lock brake systems. And, and you may have heard the word ice mode before. And uh, certain cars, especially the, in the early days, in the 80s and 90s, could easily get out of the parameters that the engineers programmed. And if, if you, especially you're going from dry pavement to wet or dry to mud or ice, they'll get into what they call, okay, this guy's driving on ice. I need to just basically take all the braking power away and slow everything down. And what happens is in a lot of like fourth gen, fifth gen Camaros, sixth gen Camaros, C5, C6 Corvettes, in a parking lot, I can put it in ice mode in 30 seconds. There's not a car I've ever driven I can't do that to. And it, and it involves doing a little bit of, if you have a little bit of wheel spin, like you were exiting a corner and then immediately get on the brakes, the car just freaks out. And you just, whatever you were pointed at, you're just going to drive right over because the brakes stopped working. And I've argued with GM engineers as recently a month ago at the track about, well, that's not really how that works, but it does. I can always do it. And so uh, we've swapped some C5 and we just did this C6. Uh, with different ABS systems, and they tr perform tremendously better to the point where it's kind of almost a, a, a cheat. It's, a, it's an unfair advantage. And some racing organizations have actually banned ABS swaps or they give it a penalty. Um, the Ford ABS systems in NASA racing, in the Camaro Mustang Challenge and the American Iron Series, they have a penalty. If you have a Ford ABS system, you have to run more weight compared to the, uh, the equivalent Camaro. That's how much of an advantage it is. It, it's so good. You got to have a handicap. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> well, that, that, that was, uh, that was kind of the wake up, like, um, cause that was kind of the path I've been on. I've talked to a few folks that have made the, you know, the GM systems work and they're like, yeah, you know, it, you know, da, 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 here's what you do. And I'm like, okay, cool. And, and when you said you're actually ripping one out of a, you know, a stock vehicle to replace it with a different setup. Uh, I said, man, we got to get you on. We got we got to walk through sure. some of these things. Yeah. Uh, and, and your explanation of right. Getting out of the parameters, like yeah. I'd mentioned earlier, uh, right. It's, it's easy to do. And it, it sounds like there are some systems out there that are, let's say more tolerant exactly. of, right. Those slight changes, uh, where it thinks it might sure. be a, a road condition. It might be a hardware set, set up, you know? So Terry, I don't want to leave this without kind of walking us through, um, what we need as far as, uh, the hardware and uh, all the mechanism to, to make it work. Because I'm sure a lot of people listening, you know, they'd like to upgrade either their Corvette, C5, C6, Camaros, or whatever, or adapt it to whatever they're currently working on in their own sure. shop and yeah. or garage. So what are the components? Um, how do we tie everything together? Kind of walk us through what you've been able to put together and source out over this last year. Sure. Uh, on the late model GM cars, let's say a C5 or newer, um, you have to, uh, the, the, um, the late C6, 09 and up, there's an active uh, sensor style wheel hub that you can swap onto Cadillacs, Camaros, Corvettes, and they're not super expensive and they're easy to see what they look like. Uh, there's a big yellow cable uh, on the back of the, the wheel hub and the sensor and the tone ring are all inside the wheel hub. So you just swap the, the hubs out. Uh, if it's got the gray or the passive sensors in any GM car, you can usually use the late 09 and up C6 Corvette hubs and they'll talk to the Mark 60 ABS from BMW. 
um, and, and or if you don't have that capability, like it's, let's say it's an older car and you don't have a modern upright, like and there's a lot of cars. There's a 69 Camaro out here we built with a C5, uh, a C6 front upright. So we can use those front hubs. And in the rear, we can actually make a tone ring. And we've actually uh, water jet cut tone rings and use a, a, a magnetic sensor from a BMW E46. And it can talk the talk too. So there's different ways to do it. That's the way the Ford systems work. And we like using that Ford system but it's complicated. When you have a GM car, the hubs always have the speed sensor built into that. So we try to make that work because it's a lot less effort, but we've actually adapted tone rings to an early C5 to use a Ford ABS system. Uh, and it worked really well. And it's in the shop right now. I just autocrossed it uh, a week ago and set top time of day at this autocross. And the biggest advantage we had was that Ford ABS was very tolerant of just berserk driving. You could come into a uh, an element or a box sideways with the tire spinning and just slam on the brakes and it just squares up. And you can't do that with factory GM C5 ABS or even C6. Uh, the C7, the C8 have gotten a lot better, um, but I've even seen six gen Camaro guys that had crashes on track because they got out of the zone that the ABS was happy in. And it's, it's, it's unfortunate that that's there and the engineers will argue with me all day, but I've just seen too many people I know and trusted have crashed these cars. Like, well, the only thing we had was we, we ran the wrong brake compound. And, and what about adapting that to that first gen Camaro? What, what's needed to, cause there's so many people doing resto mods out, out of those applications. Walk us through kind of what you need to make that adaptation uh, work and, and talk to one another. Sure. For the Mark 60 ABS, uh, we get all our, our wiring harnesses from a guy, Douglas Wardell, and he makes the harness for you. And he actually can help source the ABS brick. And it's three dollars $400 for the main ABS brick. There's a couple of pressure sensors that are about $150. And there's a yaw sensor that's about $100. Uh, and his harness is about $1,200. So for under $2,500 all in, you've got everything you need. And when you have an older car, uh, like a first-gen Camaro or something, there's so many kits out there that use C5, C6 uprights and hubs that's the easy button. Yeah, you get exactly. That, you get that. You get the 09 to, to 14 active yellow wire uh, hubs with the right sensors. And then the front sensors are, are good to go. They really just plug them in and go. On the rear, it's a little more complicated. Uh, typically, we'll put a tone ring on the actual axle itself. And that's how they did it for a decade or more from Ford on the, the late SN95 and, and the S197 Mustangs. They had a tone ring that was on the end of each axle. And so they have a four channel ABS and you can literally get a sensor from a, a BMW and make all that talk. So we're working on a 69 Camaro soon. We're going to do that and prove that on. And I'm going to document all this because we've done it on, we did it on a, a, a CTSV. We've done C5, C6 and some other BMWs we've swapped to the Mark 60. Yeah. I own a CTSV, man. That makes, that makes me happy when I, when I think about that and, and being able to own a first gen you know, a 67 yep. Camaro. So being able to, you know, move that ABS system over to, to something like that. Ah, dude, that's uh that's fantastic. That's big moves for, for us in the resto mod world for sure. Yeah. It's going to require, you know, some retrofitting of course. Right. You know, but it's pretty simple, right? It's talking about a tone ring and mounting a sensor. Uh, but you know, you got to have a little bit of savvy just to figure out how you're, where you're going to mount it, where you're going to package these things. Uh, but other than that, I think once you've got the sensors in place, you know, everything else is just kind of hooking up, you know, the original system as intended in your vehicle, just finding out where you're going to put your ABS module, et cetera. And like you said, you know, where the yaw sensor is going to go. Um, so really it's, you know, I think it's the, the black magic of 
which system is the most tolerant of, let's say, my vehicle and changes to what it's expecting to see, you know? Uh, uh, and I, making sure you carry everything over as, yeah. as good as you can, you know? Now, now Terry, I know we got to take a break right now, but look, I'm just saying, I know this TV show. It's called Two Guys Garage. Um, it, what, I know at least one of their guys has a first-gen Camaro. That sounds like that's a great TV show right there. It just, does. I'm yeah. just saying. I'm bring that up right now. Sounds like great an TV. awesome show. I'll provide the car. Um, all right, look, let's take a break. When we come back, Terry Fair, Borslag Motorsports, V-O-R-S-H-L-A-G. Find it, Google it, um, and stop on it. Literally stop on it. Um, we're going to take a break. we come right back. More with Terry, my man Bird, and Willie B. It is the Two Guys Garage Podcast. It is the Two Guys Garage Podcast. He is Kevin Bird. I am Willie B. We have Terry Fair from Vorslog Motorsports. You got to find this motorsport company, guys. This is something extraordinary. When you think about ABS, I know, Terry, I've done several autocrosses and uh, time attacks. One of the things that kills me, you know, I've got all these pivot points, all this upgraded suspension underneath a couple of my muscle cars. The thing that always kills me, even with, you know, upgraded brakes, drilled and slotted rotors, you know, Six piston calipers, big rotors, all that stuff. I don't have ABS, man. So when I come to that, you know, that start, stop, and the skid pad performance thing, the braking thing, man, I'm always getting killed in my distance. You know where you got to stop and you got to be inside the lines. And if you're not, oh, they hit you with a bunch of points, man. Oh. So, uh, you know, you, you're making me a little bit gooey here and everybody else listening. Um, as, as, the, as the ability and the technology um, gets a little bit easier adapted into some of these older platforms. Uh, I feel like you're leading the country and the, and the kind of the industry in figuring this out. I'm sure for you and the guys at Vorslog, this has been so welcomed and well-received. Um, I, I got to feel like when you go out to some of these time attacks and autocrosses, it's the talk of the, of the town because it improves your times so dramatically. Yeah, it's a big advantage, and it's something that I've been preaching since ABS analog brake systems came out in the in the mid '80s. That came out on the the C4 Corvette. It was a really big deal, and everybody's like, "Oh, it's a self driving car. You just hit a button, and it drives itself." And, and it kind of is a big advantage. In the '90s, it's Formula One cars had analog brakes, and it got to be so ridiculous they had to ban it because it took a lot of the driving out of it, and they they didn't shift. They just they just mashed the pedals and, and steered. So, but it, 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 the better systems, the better OEM systems have gotten really good. And not only does it improve your braking performance 20, 30%, it improves driver confidence immensely. We had a customer who brought a first gen Mustang in that he was doing track events and all the tires were square. And he's like, I, I can't drive this car like my modern GT350 Shelby because the brakes, they're powerful, but they just lock up the fronts. What do I do? I just drive off track. And so that's where uh, an early muscle car could really make a big advantage and an Optima, LS Fest, uh, you know, good guys, any kind of autocross situation or track situation uh, because the driver confidence is there. You're just going to hit the brakes and it's not going to lock up and slide you off the track and flash by your tires. So it's a huge driving yeah. advantage. Yeah. Anybody paying for tires knows that that's an ugly bill. <laughs> yeah, no oh, doubt. Yeah. No oh. doubt. You got two bills potentially. Some flat tires or flattened tires, you know, flat spots or or the car. Right. Or the car. Going into the tire bin. Yeah. Uh, right, right. <laughs> exactly. So Terry, you mentioned there was a module from Ford Performance uh for their systems. Is it, do they still sell that and what does it do? 
Sadly, they don't. Um, and I used to know the part number off the top of my head. For the longest time, and still to this day, Ford supports their racing program from privateers and grassroots level and all the way down. And they made a really kind of big leap in 2011 and the, and the modern 2011, the 14 Mustang, four-channel ABS from the factory was really good. But it needs some CAN inputs. It needs some computer you know, network inputs from the car. And so they made this module that made it work as a standalone and it improved the, the levels and limits that it could go to. So when I'm running a 345 Hoosier A7 on a 2011 Mustang, it doesn't freak out and turn the traction control and think you're in a crash. So it, it they made it to where it, it worked without all those CAN inputs. And so we've swapped that uh, 2011 to 14 Mustang S197 system into other cars, but you can't buy that module anymore. You have to find them secondhand. So they're, I've got one here and they used to be $300. It's worth $800 now because you can't find them. And I wish they'd make another run of those. The more modern Mustang, the S550 generation, uh, we tried to swap that uh, last year in our C6 and it did not work because it wanted a lot of CAN inputs. And I wasn't about to get a programmer involved and try to spoof all these things. I was like, let's just put an S197 system. Well, we went to the Mark 60, which which we can program very easily with a handheld uh, uh, OBD2 scanner and tell it, hey, you're an 03 BMW and here's your two sensors and your yaw sensor. And that's all it needs. And it's wheel speed sensor. So, But it identifies it as a hot rod, Terry. Yeah. It might be an 03 BMW, but it identifies <laughs> as a race car. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> Let it live the race car life. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, man, so obviously, you know, this is big news for anybody out there listening, uh, you know, whether you've got an older muscle car or hot rod or something you want to upgrade with an LS swap. Um, you know, with this technology, what a lot of people I think don't realize is how amazing we just went to Radford racing school. Right. And one of the things we learned there is just how hard you could punish your brakes. Right. And you couldn't, you wouldn't be able to do that on a car that didn't have ABS, but going into a turn, you can go in full bore, right. And progressive braking, you know, in a car that doesn't have ABS, you would have to start braking way, way early to get the car slowed down to make the turn. But with ABS, you can go in so hot and just mad it, make up all that distance while the other guy is still braking and, you know, pass them, get set up for the turn and then hit the brakes and eat the turn. Uh, it's amazing the punishment and environment those things live in. Uh, and that technology can be applied to older cars. Dude, that is a win-win for everybody involved. Yeah. I mean, you see guys at track days and they're in their Porsche GT3. And that's one of the big advantages they have is they have a really good ABS system. The programming is really tolerant of a lot of slip angle and they can come in under threshold braking as they're entering a corner and then trail off the trail braking and then back into acceleration. And it doesn't upset the car. You're never locking a tire. It's And you're getting all the performance out of all four tires. And, and as you know, as you're going into a corner, there's a lot of weight transfer to the front of the car. So the front brakes can do and are doing a lot of the work. But as you start to transition to the corner, the inside rear tire might get a little light. And so it needs to be modulating as you're transitioning from full threshold braking to, to trail braking and needs to modulate those, the tires that are loaded differently in the corner because those contact patches will change size depending on how much force is on the tire. And, and to be able to do that with one pedal and one foot by a human being, you can't. The computer's doing it hundreds of times a second and, and no human being can outbreak an ABS. It's just not possible. Some people think they can, some people brag about it. It's just ego talking. It's just technology is better. It's just sadly <laughs> I it think is. You, it is. You, you nailed it because that that's everything in, in performance driving is you've got four tires and every time you 
turn the vehicle, accelerate, stop the vehicle. You're changing the weight distribution on those four tires just constantly. Exactly. And that's kind of what a, a racer is trying to do through its steering, through trail braking, through any other method is trying to figure out on purpose how to try to weight certain tires to get a car to rotate, to turn around, you know, to make it through the corners. Uh, and, and that's what makes, you know, the braking so hard is one tire could light up because uh, it's loaded differently than the other tires or the fronts or the rears. Uh, and, you know, the thing that happens, a lot of times you go into a corner hot and uh, maybe you brake a little too heavy and you lock up one or more wheels and the smoke comes and you start accelerating through that turn instead of braking. Exactly. And then your, your, your instinct is to push harder on the pedal. Yeah. And that just makes it even worse. So now you got all four and you're just, yeah. you're in the barrier, you know? So, and that's that thing with confidence that you were talking about. Uh, when you've, yeah. you know, when you've lit off a tire or two a few times and all of a sudden you realize that, you know, the oblique moment, you know, kind of like you know, if you're boiling fluid and all of a sudden you've got no brake pressure, you know, pedal pressure. Yeah. Those are moments where you just kind of pucker and then you get a little hesitant next time around. So <laughs> confidence can carry yeah. you around a track quite a bit. Yeah. Yeah. When you can trust your brakes hundred percent with, and with most of the modern sports cars, you can. It gives you driver confidence. It pushes you. You find not just tenths, you find seconds per lap over a car without any lock brakes. So it's a huge advantage and not one as a competitor I'm willing to give up uh, on track, but in an autocross situation in, in a, a speed stop situation where you you know you have to stop in a stop box like Willie was talking about, you can't do that and, and win without this advantage. So it's something that I've used in, in multiple Optima and, and similar events to, to win those events as I'm relying on the ABS. Yeah, sure, there's a lot of driver, you know, you got to judge, hey, I'm going to start braking now and really push it to the edge of the box. So there's still a driver aspect to it. It's not just idiot proof. Uh, it's not going to make the car, you know, increase the, the friction coefficient of the tires or the brakes. There's certain limits. So you still have to drive it, but you don't have to worry about I'm locking a tire and then uh, I just cost myself a $400 Michelin or something like that. So right. the confidence is huge. So how do people get this in their old, say you don't have a GM muscle car, say, you know, you're rocking, uh, I know Bird's building a really sick 67 Mustang. Uh, I've got a, you know, uh, an older wide body, you know, Dodge Charger uh, that I just did, you know, uh, the Pro G Series stuff from Heitzen, independent rear suspension, independent front suspension. Um, how do people incorporate some of this technology in some of these older platforms that are really, in my opinion, seeing a massive resurgence. People are fixing up all kinds of stuff in this resto mod movement, yeah. and they're coming, they're hitting the tracks with so many cool old school cars with new power plants. How do they get the braking incorporated in their in their rides? Yeah, and, and I think you've hit on it. That everybody has jumped on the, the resto mod and pro touring movement with modern suspensions, and they'll even have a big brake kit, and they'll have modern drivetrains and EFI and and updated you know digital gauges. That's the one missing element that we've been noticing. You know, I've watched the pro touring Absolutely. movement since the nineties and I'm like, nobody's really figured out that the anti-lock brakes are such a big deal. And as the attention towards the, the pro touring competitions has, has opened up and people are seeing it on TV and on video, we're starting to see that there's a huge gaping hole in the market that someone could make a, a retrofit kit for one of these, like let's say you have a Detroit speed front end or, or somebody else's and it uses that Corvette stuff 
it should be an option. It's like, hey, let's let's go ahead and include the tone rings on the axle that we're providing you anyway and, the, and give you the right hubs in the front. So I think it's something the aftermarket is slowly coming to grips with. And, and there's so many other things going on with the EPA and EV cars and all that. So everybody's got their head looking in a million directions. And I'm looking at, hey, this is where people can go faster. And I want to win these events. So I'm desperately trying to get uh, a first-gen Mustang in here again, a first-gen Camaro that I've got. And I want to provide some of those bits and pieces. Even if I never sell them, I want to at least show people how to do this. Because Oh, my God. You sell so many of them. I, yeah. <laughs> I, and, and I don't. it's not something I want to make the harnesses or There's people that do that. There's other people that are bigger experts in this than me, but they've been focusing on modern sports cars. And they've totally ignored the muscle car, you know, the 60s, 70s muscle cars, and even the 80s. Uh, when some of these cars didn't have it, that I think there's a, a market that if we don't fill it, somebody else will. Man, if you've been to car meets lately, you've seen I've seen high school kids in more C4 Corvettes than I've seen in my since uh, literally I was graduating high school in the mid '80s. Now that that's no fair, man. We didn't have that option when we were kids, hey, you know. Like, it, it, yeah, to be in high school with a C4 level of performance, yeah. you know, at at the price. But it's a high school Oof. kid nowadays. But but Terry, how do how do you how do you get that technology in these old rides? Are, are you looking at making a a kit? Because like like you said, there's so such a big move and pivot towards this resto mob thing. Um, I I don't think if people haven't, I don't think people are not looking at. It. I think people are sacrificing it because that technology isn't out there. They see the modern drivetrains. They see the uh, availability to be able to do LS swaps or, you know, supercharged swaps. They see the suspension aftermarket out there, but nobody has really cornered the market and said, here is everything you need to swap this ABS system over and adapt to your ride. And I'm talking 60s through 80s, man, there's, there's a massive move in those cars to, to, to surge life back in them. Yeah. yeah. I think there's a couple things, you know, headwinds there. So, one, I think, you know, we used to hot rod years ago and we would cut, weld, move, shape. We would do it all, right? Because there was no aftermarket, right? Go back into the 50s. Uh, and then, you know, it wasn't until the last, you know, 10 years, 15 years, um, you know, that there really is this whole idea of, you know, bolt-on turnkey, you know? So yeah. uh, from the, let's say the race or the builder world, you know, we're so used to turnkey and I want a complete system. And that's one where it's an OE thing that's really being hot rotted into other applications that it wasn't meant for. Now, there is such a thing as, you know, turnkey in the, you know, hey, we're going to take an OE system and we're going to have the mount bracket for you. And we're going to have the, you know, the, the tone ring for you and those kind of things. So I think, you know, that's probably going to happen, as Terry's mentioning, by by the, you know, the, the pull, the demand and the demand I think was probably slow because, you know, yeah, it's a lot of chatter and a lot of talk until there's a guy at the track that's, you know, kicking your ass. Exactly. <laughs> so yeah. then you're going, Hey, I want what he has. Yeah. So yeah, this is, it's kind of this slow buildup of, um, you know, the demand overdue though. Yeah. Like, significantly overdue. Oh yeah. But it, I mean, but it's like you said, like for so many years, just people haven't thought about it. Um, or they thought about it and it just seemed too complex or too, you know, even myself, right? Exactly. I think that's it. We've all thought about it. I've been thinking about it for a decade, yeah. you know, in a lot of the cars I, I have. But I just, I didn't have a way to get it. Yeah. Right. It, the, the information was the, the information wasn't out there about which systems and what variables you, you need to concentrate on and what you can ignore. And that's something that we've been pieced together over the last year uh, or two, really the last seven years we've been playing with ABS swaps. 
But as we start doing more of this Mark 60, we realize this is the simplest system. It's two pressure sensors, a yaw sensor, and four-speed sensors. That's it. There's no steering sensors. There's no, you have to have a, a pedal sensor to let it know I'm touching the pedal. But some of them had like a booster sensor. There's so many other variables that this Mark 60 system doesn't need. And it still gives you really, really good performance. Uh, and I'm, I'm doing more and more track tests on the C6. And I'm just kind of blown away at, at the advantage it has. Yeah, when you got to talk can messaging and all this stuff that most yeah. folks just aren't, bleh, you they know. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So yeah, man, we we man, huge huge thanks for you know this is a research project. You know, you guys have been figuring this stuff out. You know, nuts and bolts kind of uh, getting out on the track and testing it and testing the limits and trying on different applications. So I mean, you guys should get you know incredible amount of credit for you know kind of the knowledge that you're sharing with us and, and our, our listeners, man. This, yeah, is, this it, is awesome. It's sad that the information's all out there, but it's all hidden in, in secret corners of the internet and nobody, it, it's it's the same way in racing. You don't see racing teams that share, you know, what their shock settings are, what they can't, they don't share that because it's a competitive advantage. And that's something that early on I decided, we started Vorschel, like, I'm going to share everything that's not business related. I'm not going to give you my vendor list, but I'm going to share the tire pressures I run. And, and people, customers see that and they read our, our forums and our blog and they're like, well, they kind of got everything there. And it, and it gives them confidence and they come to us and they, and they copy our stuff because, you know, we set a bunch of track records and win a lot of events. They want to copy what you do. So I'm hoping with our ABS stuff, I may never sell a single thing, but at least I can share that and demystify the black box voodoo of any like breaks. It's really not that complicated. And, and, and to no, question their own system. You need to make the yeah. kit, Terry. <laughs> you, need to make, you need to be Kevin Costner, fill the dreams. <laughs> it needs to be Terry for yeah. ABS, Vorslog. <laughs> if you build it, they will come. They will buy it. They will put it on their damn car. Make hundreds. Man. So where do, <laughs> yeah, where do people find out more about what else you got going on at Vorslog? Uh, give us the kind of ins and outs, social media sure. style. Um, I can't believe how fast this went, but yeah. uh, definitely worthy material. Uh, give us how people can follow you and sort of attach uh, to the, to your knowledge and what you're doing. You can always get me on Vorschlag.com, our website. We have Instagram, Vorschlag underscore motorsports. Uh, our Facebook page is really popular. It's Facebook slash Vorschlag. Uh, my personal uh, Facebook page. Uh, we have a YouTube channel. So we've got all the different channels. And that's pretty much me answering all that stuff. So it, it takes a ton of my day. I'm on 400 different uh, automotive groups on, on Facebook. We still have some forums out there we sponsor. So yeah, there's a lot of ways to get to us, uh, but we share a lot of this in, in a chronicle form on all of our project builds going back 20 plus years. And you could go and read those and like, I have that kind of car and you could sit there for days and read, you know, thousands and thousands and thousands of entries. So there's a lot of ways to get to us. It's better than the romance novels birds reading right now. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll vouch, man. I, I bought a number of components through Terry over the years, man. His camber caster plates are the tops. You know, I've got them on my M3. Uh, he makes them for so many different vehicles. So, yeah, man, if you can share some great knowledge with us, you know, our listeners hopefully can kind of swarm your... Uh, your pages and, and see what kind of goodies they can get for themselves. Uh, you know, maybe that's a little bit of payback. So we appreciate yeah, it, man. So. That's awesome. Yeah, man. 
I can't wait, dude. So, hey, man, make sure you guys check it out. Vorschlag Motorsports, V-O-R-S-H-L-A-G, Motorsports. Make sure you check out our show. It airs weekends on the Motor Trend Network. Check your local listings. Also available on Motor Trend Plus, which is their streaming format. Find us there. Thanks to our guest, Terry Fair. He is Kevin Bird, our producer, Scoop, executive producer, Bob Ecker. And I'm Willie B for Two Guys Garage Podcast. Yeah, and don't forget to check out our website, too, man, twoguysgarage.com. Share your thoughts with us on social. We're everywhere. Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Two Guys Garage. Now, the Two Guys Garage podcast, of course, it's copyrighted. 2022 Britain Productions Incorporated. That means all rights are reserved. Hey, Terry, if you ever want to do a ABS kit on a uh, 70 Dodge Charger with a Hemi swap and some suspension <laughs> underneath it, um, I'm your man. I'm your huckleberry, okay? It, it's funny you say that. I got a 68 Charger my painter has with a Hemi swap. And he's bringing it in. We're going to make some custom headers and exhausts. And eh, I might talk to him about doing ABS on that. We might put something together. You never know. You never know. That, oh, there you go. Man. There you go. That would be it. <laughs> All right, bro. Much love, man. We appreciate you, bro. It's awesome. All right. Hey, good we'll to we'll see have you guys. back on again. Man, you have so many great topics. You guys are awesome. Anytime. I was just rattle off the top of my head. I'd take a 20 more. Giddy up. All right, man. Well, that's it for today. Hope you guys enjoyed the Two Guys Garage podcast. We will see you next time. Two Guys Garage podcast is produced by Britain Productions. For more episodes, visit iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows.